Hi, and welcome. This is Latrice Bartley, founder of Purposefully Living, where your passion meets God's purpose. I believe God created you for a purpose. So why not purposefully live every day of your life by embracing your uniqueness and walking in the fullness of who Christ created you to be? new day. It is brand new mercies. I have everyone. I have my Instagram family. I got my podcasters listening. And so listen, I'm excited y'all. If you're listening to me, I just want you to know I'm smiling big. I'm sending you some love through the airways. But if you're watching me, you see a smiling. Why am I smiling? Well, first of all, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And y'all, it's a brand new day. Like y'all, some people didn't wake up this morning, but we did. And so listen, if you are new to listening to me or following me or watching me, and you said, all right, who is this girl? Latrice Bartley, purposely living. What is she talking about? Motivation on Monday. Motivation on Monday is something God gave me. And it is my opportunity to encourage you Two, what? Purposely live. And how do we do that? By getting fit. We get fit, y'all. We get focused, intentional, and tenacious about Christ first and our goals second. Let me say that again. Christ first and our goals second. And I know that's different, right? It's different to say that we are going to go talk to the Lord about our goals. It's like, well, is it that serious? It actually is because whether you know it or not, a day, your life, a week is big. Listen, and God, he wants to be involved in everything. He created you for such a time as this. There is purpose for your life, but how do you purposely live? You have to give yourself back to the creator. You have to give yourself back to God and say, Lord, I choose to acknowledge you first. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I want to stop, sit and seek. I want you, God, to direct me. So y'all getting fit is, listen, it's a duel. It's a two-edged sword. Anyone that knows me knows I'm passionate about fitness. I love working out. But I don't care what your goals are. Being fit is a lifestyle. It's about total health. It's about being fit in your body, in your mind, and in your spirit. And so it's not just an external appearance that you give, but it's an inside-out transformation. Being fit is a lifestyle. It's something that daily you are pursuing, but you can't do it on your own. Think about it naturally. How many of you started shoot this year? You done had a couple of meal plans that went south. You done had a couple of diets. Some of y'all not going to even make it. Look, y'all done already fell off the rocker. You know, I'm just being honest. My point is trying to even achieve your weight goals It's a challenge, but y'all, I want to encourage you today that God is real, that Jesus is real and he cares about you. And so motivational Monday is my way to to influence you. I hope to say, open up that Bible. It's your manual. It's your spiritual roadmap. If you want to know how to go about your life, if you want to know what your purpose is, if you want to know how to walk out the order steps that God has for you, it begins in getting fit. It begins with God first. And when you acknowledge him, he's going to allow you to direct your path and he's going to show you how to go about your everyday schedule, how to achieve the goals that you have, how to be the best version of you, but it begins in Christ. So I want to jump right in because my hopes 
Listen, my hopes is to end the series on God's love. And so I want to jump in because it's a lot, y'all. And I still feel like in ending it, I'm not getting it all. But as I mentioned before, for those of you who maybe this is your first episode with me, I would encourage you to go back because this is part three. So there's a one and a two that I would love for you to listen to first. But just to give a short recap and to just, um, as I said, this is a series on love that the Lord gave me to talk about. And I want to give you some anchor scriptures. So I'm going to just give these out now and you can write them down and take some time to read them later. One is Galatians 5 and 14. And I would love for you to read that in the message version and the Christian standard Bible version. Romans 5 and 8, John 3, 16 in the New Living Translation, 1 Timothy 1 and 5 in the Christian Standard Bible, 1 John chapter 4. Read it all. But I really want you to pay attention to verses 7 through 21. And then 1 John 2 and chapter 2, verse 6 in the New Living Translation and the Message Version. You will notice I give a couple of versions for my newbies who maybe are like, I don't know what she's talking about, these versions. If you just download the Bible app on your phone or if you go get a Bible, you probably have to buy a version. But if you want to be able to read various versions, when you download the Bible app, you will notice that it has so many versions you can read the Bible in. And why is that important? Because sometimes it just gives you a different perspective. Um, I like the message version. It sometimes can take it a little out of context, but so you have to be careful. But I like that it just sometimes put it in, if I could say your everyday language versus the King James. So that's why I give you a different version. So anyway, let's jump in. Um, just to recap, as I mentioned, I am doing this series on God's love and in describing the character of God, love is associated with who it is, who he is. God is love. You can't talk about the character of God or the identity of God without bringing love in. It's part of who he is. It is who he is. And so why is this so important? Because if we are claiming and standing and professing to be um, those that love God and are believers of God, you know, and you're going to hear me give some terminology and please bear with me. I'm a teacher at heart. So I like to break things down and break it down some more and break it down some more. So you'll hear terms, believers say a believer is one who has committed their life to the Lord. They have um, confessed of their sins. They said, Lord, I want you to come into my heart. I am professing that you are my God. I want to serve you. I believe that you gave your son, Jesus. They are a believer. And so when you believe you follow, you know, you live that life. And so what does it mean to be saved? It means that you have experienced salvation. You receive the gift of salvation. And when you're not saved, you haven't received a gift. There's something still lying on the table that God God has for you. So that's what I want to talk to you about. That's what being saved means. It means that, listen, I, God, he gave his only son to die for me, to save me from my sins, to save me from an eternal death. And so it was the gift of salvation. And when we receive that gift, then we have become saved. Thank God he saved us literally from ourselves, from sin, from a life of destruction. So I want to break down those terminologies. I hope that makes a little bit more sense. So as I mentioned, 
What is love? We in my in episode one, I really break down love, so I'll, I'll let you listen to that. But the one definition I want you to be mindful of throughout this whole series is is unselfish concern for for the good of another. Okay, unselfish concern. And I talked about who is our neighbor because we're instructed through God's word that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. And like I said, just if you think about it, it's like. The neighbor, the terminology of neighbor, you might think the person next door. But as I gave you the definition, and I'll give it again, a neighbor is defined as a person in need of one's help or kindness, one's fellow human being, someone situated near another. So you can have neighboring nations. You know, your neighbor isn't limited to the house next door. But I mean, how many people can we think of that are just in need of kindness? Um, Like I said, our fellow human beings. So that's your child, your spouse, your co-worker, or our neighbor. So God said, love them as we love ourselves. How do you do that? Because in our natural mind, it's like, uh, I, you know, I don't know them like that. But God said, if we are to be in him and we are to be demonstrators, we can do this. But yes, let me say from the offset, this is a supernatural experience. It is not something that comes natural to you and I. It's supernatural. And so I want to encourage you that listening to what I'm saying Listen, even in being in Christ, we're human. You know, like I said on another one, you cut me, I bleed. You swing, I might swing back. You know, I'm just being honest. And so what do I mean by that? It takes every day. This is why Motivational Monday is so important. It's every day taking a few moments to to get in God's presence to say, Lord, help me. I don't want to make you ashamed. God, let me be the right representation of your love. Someone needs to see your love today. Someone's hurting today. Someone Someone needs my smile today. Someone needs my kindness who didn't deserve it. But guess what? Neither did we. We didn't deserve his love, but he gave it anyway. So that's what it really means. So I already gave you the scripture today. If I had to put a topic on this and I like to do that, give a theme as we're concluding this series, it would be entitled Um, the goal of love. Okay. So part three is the goal of love. And that's how I want to end this series. Now, y'all know I like to define, like I said, bear with me. I'm a teacher at heart, but in talking about the goal of love, you might already guess what is that goal. But just in case you don't know the goal of the love that I'm talking about, God's love, agape love is salvation. That's the goal of the love. So what is a goal, right? Cause we hear this word, whether it's, you know, I'm writing out my goals. I'm writing a vision. I'm achieving a goal. What is a goal? A goal is the end toward which effort is di- is directed. It's what your efforts, what you're, the end of what you're trying to get to. It's the result or achievement toward those efforts, right? So let's put that in context. The result or aim, which would be the goal of unselfish concern for others, which is love, is to demonstrate on earth what God demonstrated, what he gave through his son, y'all, in Romans 5, 6 through 8. And I really want to take a moment and read this passage to you in two different versions. Because remember, 
This love that I'm talking about is not just based on a feeling. It's not just based on, oh, you know, no, 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 no. There's a goal behind this love. So these passages are important when we're going to be demonstrators of God's love to understanding why it's so important. So bear with me. This um, first passage, Romans 5, 6 to 8. Now I'm reading in the New Living Translation, but I'm going to read it in another one. Verse six says, when we were utterly, y'all know I like words, so I'm going to emphasize some things, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. Can I just say that again? At just the right time and died for us sinners. And let me deal with that word because I just started out. I talked about believers. I talked about what it means to be saved. And I want to deal with these words because the reality is some of us don't like words. You know, we don't like the meaning. We are that what it's talking about, but they, they ping us. You know, when you say, if you're talking to somebody, you say a sinner, they're going to feel some kind of way. I ain't a sinner. I don't, what that mean? You know, but the sinner, sinners mean ungodly. It means being immoral. So you might think I'm a goody two-shoe. You might think I don't drink. I don't smoke blunts. I, I don't have sex outside of people. It don't matter. It doesn't matter or outside of um, marriage. Here's the bottom line. If you have not accepted God into your life, you are a sinner. You need a savior. And so I don't want these words to, to just blow by us. No, no, no. Let's rewind because I'm here out of love. God has me here to say some things to you. And I love you so much that I would be honest with you because guess what? I felt the same way when somebody came talking about a sin. I was like, okay, that ain't me. But that was me because whether you just lie a little bit, steal a little bit, it don't matter. You a sinner. And so I want to let you know, but that's okay. That might bother you a little bit. It's supposed to, because God's word, it does that. It has that effect. But here's the bottom line. Christ came at just the right time and died for you and me, because I was a sinner one day. And it says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, Here's verse seven. Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. You know, we ain't trying to die for the upright, right? It says, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But it said, here's the key, y'all. Verse eight. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ, his son, to die for us while we were still sinners. Y'all, that's what makes this agape love mind-blowing. It's not like you did something for him. You couldn't earn this. It's not like you said, okay, I'm going to give you a little something, something. You do something for me. You couldn't give him nothing to, to pay for what he did. He did this while you were filthy. I shared my testimony some Motivational Mondays back. I think about two or three weeks ago. Y'all, I was a mess. I was ugly. I was like, I don't even want to talk about it. I was a mess. That just sums it up. But when I think about who I was and that all through those years, rebellious and what I took my parents through and oh my God, but he loved me. He had already gave some help for me. He already said this girl, Lord, oh, I, I, I'm put something, I'm put something out there for her. Like y'all, it wasn't anything we deserved. It wasn't anything we could do to earn it, but he had already thought about us and looked at us so much. You talking about favor, you talking about some, somebody going before you, who goes before you to die? But that's what he did. He loved us so much that he said in their worst 
I'm going to prepare for them. And so y'all, this is what I really want us to think about. But now I want to read it in a different version. I want to read it in the message version. And this is really, really, really important because I just want to read it to you. Um, like I said, sometimes just reading it in a different version, it puts it in a different context. So here's how the message version reads. It says, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He didn't wait on us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious, that's me, to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. Come on, y'all. So he, he letting us know you weren't even that smart to know. Okay. And then it says we can understand someone dying for a person, person worth dying for. You might hear that a mother gave her life for a child. It makes sense to you. Oh my God, her child. I understand that she lost her life in the process. There's some situations, but it says, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice, but God put love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were no of no use whatever to him. Y'all, we were of no use to him, but he gave his all. So I really want you to think about that. Because remember, as I'm ending this series, there's a goal of love. Okay, let me say this too. Let me just go ahead and insert. Y'all know, and I like to give this a disclaimer. Just because I know I'm going to be saying something in a minute. So let me get this disclaimer. For those of you that are watching, I'm a homeschool mom. I'm a wife. I'm a business owner. I have so much going on. Why are you telling me that in the middle of this? Because y'all might see some children come by. You might hear me stop and say, y'all be quiet. I'm just trying to balance y'all. And sometimes there is no balance. It, it really comes down to harmony because sometimes them scales don't even out. One going to take more than the other depending on the day. But I share that for just a minute to just encourage somebody because you might be saying, I don't have an office. I don't have a place where it's quiet. I can't, God is calling me to do this. And I have four kids and I have to homeschool and I have this. That's not an excuse. Where there's a will, there's a way. God just wants you to move by faith. It's not going to all fit together. It's not going to all make sense. You won't have all the money in the bank. You won't have all the resources you need. You probably will be your biggest resource, but where he's called you, he's equipped you. Why I needed to say that right now, I don't know. Besides the fact that I feel like I might have to yell at a child and I didn't want you to be like, what, what just happened? I'm home and that's my life and they are doing their work. But because they think I'm on here with you, sometimes they don't think I'm paying attention. So if you see me go for a minute, just bear with me. But in the meantime, I want to encourage somebody that you can do just what I'm doing. Cause listen, we have to be obedient. Okay. Miles Langston, be quiet. All right. Now, so let's go back. Romans 5, 68. Okay. So I just got through saying, Hey, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So your response might be, Latrice, that's a lot to ask. That's God. You talking about Jesus. We, we not God. We not Jesus. But we're supposed to be his representatives. And I'm, I'm especially talking to those who are professing Christ. Those who say, for him I live, for him I die. I love the Lord with all my life. He's the head of my life. You know, we make these declarations. Okay, well, there's a walk that comes with that. 
There is not just saying that there's a lifestyle. There's a living that comes from that. So you might be saying this is a lot to ask. It is because you have to die to flesh. You have to die to yourself. This is a supernatural task. It's not something you're doing yourself. Hence why motivational Monday is important. I'm not here to make you feel good and just throw you a quote. I'm here to challenge you and I pray, encourage you and inspire you that every day is an opportunity to get in the presence of God. Because if we don't, we will be the wrong representation. I shared with you on, on the beginning of this series, just how I almost missed the mark in my own home and how I treated my children every day. If we, we can't say, oh, I got a good word on Sunday and that's going to carry me through to the next Sunday. Do you eat on Sunday and then wait till the next Sunday to eat? No, we greedy. Some of us need to wait a week. But my point is we keep eating and that's how we have to do spiritually. We have to get fit spiritually the same way. We have to develop habits of getting in God's word. Lord, how do you want me to act? God, show me your presence. Lord, show me how to handle situations that would come up in our day. Give him the day. All throughout the day, it's not just a one allotted time to talk to the Lord, but y'all, it's a, it's a daily thing. It's a, listen, in my life, it's hourly. I be typing, talking to him. Seriously. So I want to encourage you because this isn't no ordinary, um, task that you can do in of yourself, but it takes studying God's word. It takes dying to flesh, but we have to do it because we want to be the right represent representation. So for those that are looking Looking like, girl, I mean, I gave the Lord my life, but I ain't trying to die for people and all of that. Okay, just listen to me. First Corinthians 11 and verse one in the Christian standard Bible says, so that they may be saved, imitate me. I, as I also imitate Christ. Now this is Paul talking, but here's the thing. He's reminding us that the ultimate goal, which is what I'm talking about of love is to win others for the kingdom of God, y'all. It's a, there's, oh my God, like we are in a, a pandemic where people, their mental health is not good. They, they're spazzing out. People don't know. They don't have hope, you know? And so the believers, those that, that know God, we have to stand and be the help that they need. It might not be you coming to tell them, well, you got in that situation because you didn't spend your money right. I mean, now that you got a check, well, you being a good steward, like they, they homeless. Like you, you thought that was love. You thought that was the right response in that moment. Come on now. Those that win souls are wise. And so you might know, yeah, they, they was always taking them trips. Mm -hmm. But that ain't necessarily for you to say, you know, we got to think about Loving kindness. We have to think about how would we want to be treated in that? What is our ultimate goal? And so we want to see others say we are to be the examples of um, Christ's love in the earth. Now, when that becomes your goal, you look at your neighbors differently. Like I just said, your neighbor can be anywhere. Any person. So how you treat your child is going to be different. How you listen to your coworker situation. You ain't going to be so judgy. How you say things. You'll say them kindly because you'll reflect on the fact that I, like them, is just, y'all, it's another situation for God's extra nor extraordinary patience. Like you won't listen to it and be like, mm-hmm, Santa, uh-huh, hell bound. Like, 
No, that's not how we treat them when we are when we are showing God's love. Now in that other love, Eros and Phila, yeah, that's how you're gonna think. But when we are being a demonstrator of God's love, He's requiring us to be compassionate, to think, oh God, what what is our goal here? Our goal is to win them. Our goal is to be a, an example before them that they will want to give their life to the Lord. So when we understand that this is our goal, we dis, we will display patience. We will deal with the, each other's situations um, differently. We will be cautious and gentle with the situation because we understand that we're loving them as we love ourselves. And so maybe, yes, they they fell off. You know, bottom line is they backslid. They they got a baby out of wedlock. Maybe, listen, they done slap cuss the cashier out and you was two people behind them and you like, is that just such a thing? <laughs> you know, I'm just dealing with real stuff and you're like, what is happening here? But listen, we bring them back through love. You, what is, and I'm saying that because you have to remember your goal. What is your goal? Your goal is Christ. Your goal is salvation. And so Christ loved. He, listen, now he turned over some tables. Christ, he, look, he, he could get angry. But he said, sin not. At the end of the day, we don't want to be a hindrance, a barrier, but we want to be a magnet that they want to know what is it about you? How is it that she knows all these things, but she still says, calls every night and say, how are you doing? Or do you need anything? How is it that she's willing to help me out? And I know I got myself in this mess because I remember the mess that I was in and somebody else helped me out. So y'all, this is what I want us to be thinking about. Paul is reminding and exhorting the Corinthians to imitate his example as he imitates Christ. And we have to do the same. Why? Why am I driving this? Because it is imperative. Hear me. It is imperative that we are the right representation because God's reputation on the line. It ain't about you. Motivational Monday is not about me. It's not like God's representation is on the line. His um rep his reputation is on the line. And so when we understand that the gospel is at stake, eternity Eternity is hanging in the balance for someone, y'all. So if you are not going to be the right representation, if you are not going to really, for Jesus I live and for him I die, if you are not going to operate in God's love, don't mess with this because you messing somebody else up. You could be standing in the, in the way of a sinner. It's real. And so we have to understand that we are not to seek this for our own benefit, but we have a duty as demonstrators of God's love to do three things. And I talked about this on um, part two, compassionately, righteously, and responsibly pursue the well-being of others to pursue the well-being of others. And that's love summed up. And guess what? When we do that, the goal of salvation is accomplished. It's accomplished. So we are to imitate Christ so others will know how to not only follow, but be imitators as well. Now y'all know, y'all already know if you've been following me, I don't looked up imitator. I know you probably like, girl, I know the definition. Okay. Just bear with me. Imitate. What does it mean to be a Im to, to imitate? To imitate, it is defined as take or follow as a model. And to copy a person's speech or mannerism, to mimic, 
Y'all, God wants us to be imitators of him. We are his model in the earth. We are his template, y'all, so that others will know the correct mannerism, so they will know the correct speech, so they will know how to handle situations. But we got to be the right template. So listen, we don't want to be committing spiritual fraud. What do I mean? Some of us, listen, we need to be arrested for identity theft. Because we're not the right model. We're not the right template. Yes, we are claiming to be a Christian. We are professing Christ. We are taking his name and his identity. But we ain't living nothing. We are the wrong template. People confused by our life. People don't know where we stand. We nasty and ugly, but, but we're Christians. No, God has a standard. He said, mimic me. And if you want to know how to mimic him, you have to get in his word. That's what motivational Monday. You can't be the right representation on your own. You can't do that on your own. It takes the Holy Spirit, y'all. And what does identity theft mean? Let me explain it to you. In case you don't know, it's the fraudulent acquisition and use of a person's private identity for financial gain. Now, don't that make sense? Because see, some of us, we want Christ because we want the blessings. Lord, we love you. God, you're worthy. When you can, I'm in need of a financial miracle. God, that house you promised me. God, I need, you know, when there's a gain, then we want to know Y'all, so we, that's even the church, we don't want to be committing fraudulent. We over here taking identity theft. And listen, the Bible tells us that this is possible. How do I know that? Because there's a scripture that says, you, some of y'all going to get there and the, and the Lord, he going to say, listen, you prophesied in my name. You sung in my name. You preached in my name. You did all this in my name, but I don't know you. Depart from me. In other words, identity theft, send them away. He, y'all, we don't want to, I mean, you don't think about it now. Not only do you have someone else's eternal, um, their situation and hey, yours is in the line. So y'all, we, it's imperative that we make sure that we are the right representation and you don't have to be scared. All you got to do is get in your word every day. God will show you how to do it. And no, we don't get it right. Think about a natural template. Somebody might send you a template and you drop your stuff in there and it's like, well, it don't do right. You know, you got to kind of play with it a little bit. Here's the bottom line. The Holy Spirit, he knows how to, he know we don't always do right. We don't fit right, but he's, that's what he's getting us fit. He's fitting us through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit. He's allowing us to know little more love trees. Don't be judgy trees. Nah, you didn't do this trees, but it could have been you. Be careful how you handle that. It might come to your dough. So y'all, we have to lead with love. I thought about a great example of this is a marriage relationship. I keep using this because I see so many, um, just so many similarities. But in a marriage relationship, my husband and I, we are a reflection of each other. Javier is a reflection of me. I am a reflection of him. When he's not always with me. But when I go to the store, when I go out, those that know me or those that might not know me, but those that know me, they'll know, oh, that's Javier's wife. Oh, that's Latrice's husband. Some people might know, they might get to know you a little bit later, but we are a reflection. If I'm out lying, I, every time I'm in the store cussing people out, I'm just doing all kind of crazy stuff. That's a reflection of him. No, he didn't commit the act, but we are one. 
in covenant. So when they see him, they see me. There's even sometimes in couples, you say, oh, they look just alike. It should be like that because they spend so much time together. They almost start resembling. That's what God wants for us. We spend so much time with him. We in his word so much. We almost start blending. Oh, they look like Christ. That's what he wants to see. We're a reflection. And so what I do, it can affect. And let me give you a, a, a practical example. This morning, my husband, he's a nurse. He travel nurses. And so I, a lot of times set up his hotel and get all this stuff together for him for the week leading in. So I have my schedule. I got up early this morning to get in the study and all of that. And y'all Marriott was trying me today. It was just, I was like, what is going on with this girl? And mind you, I'm getting ready to do Bible study. Got all my stuff laid out to prep, right? And she just, it's like, I don't know. The light bulb wasn't going on. And I'm getting frustrated because I have a window of time before my kids get up. And I'm like, I'm all, I've already lost 45 minutes. But here's the thing. Y'all, she had said something and I could feel. And y'all, just like that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, what's the definitions of patience? Definition of patience. And the Lord made me remember. I'm sorry, the Lord made me memorize the definition of patience is bearing up under trials, obstacles, um, calmly, without complaining, with joy. I feel like I left the part, but that's the gist of it. Y'all, that definition came out just as quick. I said, okay, so this would be a problem that I need to bear calmly. But here's the reality. I could have went in on her. What part don't you understand? I put in da da da. I could have did that. But let me tell you something. She was frustrating me so bad, but I just kept because two things could happen. One, I'm a reflection of him. My husband would have got to marry y'all and they'd be like, who knows how they would have treated him just because I went in on him. But the other thing is y'all who knows and just knowing that he's a healthcare provider, what they would have done because I was patient. But you know what? She was that girl. I ain't gonna lie. She was on my nerve. But I just was calm. And y'all, at what point? At one point, she is like she knew. She said, Miss Bartlett, I'm so sorry. Because guess what? I didn't snap. And I said, it's okay. She said, I'm so sorry. Just can you bear with me? And I'll put some notes. I know I'm just messing things up. You see what I'm saying? Y'all, I don't know what that girl dealing with at 430 in the morning at the Marriott. I don't know if it was a line of people waiting on her. I don't know what she dealing with. But just that those are uh, those are things that I'm trying to show you. It's agape love. Because listen, the eros and the filler, whatever you wanted to define at that time, wanted to be like, girl, get your life. Like, what part do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? But that wasn't going, I don't know how that would have affected my husband. And I share that example because y'all, I could have turned not only her off, which could have resulted in how my husband was entreated. He getting off of 16 hours working, uh, I mean, a 12 hour shift and coming in tired. Then they treat him nasty. And he like, now hold on. I'm, you know, he cranky. I, what I did could affect his life. But y'all, how many people are we affecting and are we messing up? Of their view of God because of how we are being demonstrators of his love. How many messed up people? How many people say, I don't want your God. I don't want no Jesus. I don't even want no church. Because of the demonstrator. Because of how we're, we're the wrong template. We're not mimicking him as the word of God tells us. Sorry, my little alarm went off. I'm bringing this to a conclusion. I want to end this, like I said, we don't want to mess people up. God's word reminds us that the goal of our instruction must be rooted in love. We're here. What is our goal as a believer? 
It's to, to be, to draw people so that they will give their life to the Lord so that they will get saved. That's the goal. And so it lets us know, but even in instructing them, even in talking to them, the goal of our instruction must be rooted in love. First Timothy one and five Christian standard Bible says the goal of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience and a sincere faith. The absence of love y'all means that teaching, no matter how right, no matter where you can take them to the word. See right here. Look, open your Bible, Proverbs. This is why you're going to hell. It don't matter. They're going to go willingly because they lie. I ain't listening to what you said. If that's how it's going, if that's the Lord I got to serve, hell, I lift my eyes. We missing the goal because there's a way to entreat them. There's a way to love on them. There's a way to deal with them. We too have to love the unlovable. God's love serves the unlovable. When you look through the word of God, the Bible is a whole love story. People who didn't deserve, people who should have been, but he loved. He even how he dealt with the Pharisees. Now he had to deal with some stuff, but he loved. And so y'all, we are to be that same demonstration. First John two and six. I'm trying to kind of speed it up. I'm going to give y'all some, some scriptures for you to read. New living translation says those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Let's read the message version. The message version says, this is the only this is the only way to be sure we're in God. Anyone who claims to be intimate with God ought to live the same kind of life Jesus lived. Not talk the same type of time. It said live. Live means to dwell, to demonstrate. It's your home. Like God's love should be a dwelling place for you. And people should see that. Okay. So as I'm concluding, you may say, why did you do this series? Why this girl ranting and raving about love? Why? Because we are at the beginning of the year. Some people have went on 21 day fast. Some people have done some sort of fast. Some people writing out their goals, their focus, because we got a big old year in front of us, right? We're going to do our thing. We're going to hit our goal. We leveling up, whatever that means. We have all these goals. I wanted to remind you at the beginning of the year, listen, I don't care what goals, what your vision, what you are about, what your business, multiple streams of income, whatever. As a Christian, as a believer, there is no goal that should be more important than winning souls for Christ. But you can't accomplish that goal if you have the wrong efforts, if you're missing the mark, if you're curt, if you're nasty, if you're judgmental. Y'all... Our ultimate goal as believers is not to level up, is not to get um, multiple streams of income, is not to have a brand new house, is not to say, I'm going to seven figures, is not to strive to become an influencer. I'm serious. Why do I say that? Because Ecclesiastes lets us know it's all vanity. It said, listen, you can have all of that, but like Solomon said, it I found it don't even, I, I, I experienced all of that, but it's vanity y'all. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't hold any eternal value. You can't take that money. You can't take those five houses. You can't take all your trips. So you got to make sure that what you do here on earth, it's got eternal value. And so I want to keep you focused that while we planning our goals and living our best life, nothing should surpass winning souls for God, winning souls for Christ. And so only what we do for Christ matters. God gave us the ultimate challenge and that was to show 
forth his love. So as I end, I know I'm like that pastor to say end five times, but I'm ending for real. Here's what I want you to understand. I feel like the biggest example, and there's really a lot of them, examples throughout the Bible, but I want to just end with this one. And this one is the Samaritan woman. It's the, go ahead. It's the Samaritan woman. See what I'm saying? I'm still a mom. They trying to flip, they putting snacks before me, like not over here. Um, Y'all bear with me. So I feel like as I end, that would be the biggest, the biggest um, example that I could give. Let's talk about this. This story, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to give you where to read it. It's in John 4. Read the whole chapter. But this is a woman, a Samaritan woman. She came to draw the, the woman at the well. We hear it sometimes about that, the woman at the well. And Jesus was headed to Galilee, right? He's passing through Samaria. Just to give you a little background. And it's a Samaritan woman who comes to the well. Now, Jesus, it tells us in the Bible, he tired. He is worn out. And he sat down at the well. And I think that's so important. Why do I feel like that's important? Because we might think when I finish this story, oh, of course, Jesus would be. No, 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 no. See, see how they do you. Now, they, I'm on here teaching, right? He going to bring me a Starbucks, a star, uh, Starburst and hold it up. He trying to trick me, y'all. But he got to get a test to get that Starburst. See how your kids do you? Okay, back to what I was saying. But here's the thing. Because we might look at when we hear about this story, it's easy to think, oh, of course, Jesus would be kind. Jesus is Jesus. No, nah, Jesus got upset. Jesus wept. Jesus was tired. Jesus got worn out, but there was still a way, even in all those emotions and feelings. He was our, like the Bible says, he's our high priest. He's felt what we felt. But even with those feelings, there's still a way he handled people. So listen, I thought it was so important to bring out. It says in the word of God, Jesus was tired, worn out and sat down at the well. The Samaritan woman came and he asked her for a drink of water. And you might say, why is this so important? Because number one, hey, number one, um, I'm sorry, y'all lost my train of thought. Number one, Jews, they were avoiding Samaritans like they, they wasn't on no oneness right now. It's not this unified, right? The Jews disliked the Samaritans. They considered them unclean. So Jacob's well was like, if I could say it presented common ground, right? So Jesus shouldn't have been there. It's like, why would you be here? But my point was, my point is Jesus was willing to engage with her socially by drinking water from her, from her cup. He's asking her to get him well. He's engaging. He's on her turf, if I could say. And so, y'all, that's so important because when we're winning souls, when we're talking about being imitators of Christ, we got to be willing sometimes to go on their turf. Now, let me explain that because, you know, I just feel like I had to say some things. I'm not telling you to go to the club to witness. Don't like y'all. Come on now. You know, because we do that. You know, I'm going out. God ain't going to call you to what he tell you not to do to to do it. He ain't going to have you had a person to sleep with in the bed. But while y'all laying out for pillow talk, you telling them how much you love God. Like y'all, let's not, let's not like take the gospel and turn it into something else. Okay. I just felt the need. That was the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to follow him with what saying that. 
Okay, no. But God, what I mean by that is it might be inviting something somebody to your home that you would, you know, maybe only your close friends. But God might say, hey, they new in town. Invite them to dinner. They don't know you and they know, oh, well, they would invite me to dinner. Okay, it's getting them on some common ground. Maybe you want them to come to Bible study. But they're always asking you to just come to the gym with them. Or, hey, do you want to do lunch? And they not your lunch person. You know they lifestyle. But do lunch. Meet them on their common ground. That's what he was doing with the woman on the well. He was meeting her on his common, on her common ground. And he was tired, but he engaged her. Jesus knew that she had questionable character. He knew she was sleeping around, but he didn't treat her with that. He didn't start with that. He engaged her to win her. And so that's wisdom, y'all. And we must be wise. So I just want to end with this, y'all. First John, sorry, my little timers. First John 4, 20 through 21 message version. It says, if anyone boasts, I love God and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, if he won't love the person he can see, and remember that love we're talking about. He said, love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say, um, love your mother, love your child you birth. He said, if you can't love the person you see, how can you love the God that you can't see? Come on, think about it. But he's letting us know you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of it. So y'all people can't see God, but they should see him through us. Okay. So I tried, but I was ending this series. So I went a little bit longer. I pray something. I said, y'all, as we are in a new year, we're already in February. I just wanted to remind you that nothing not anything, nothing is more important when it's souls. Listen, I'll be very honest with you. I'm driven. I, I love um, that I've started my business. I have goals. I have health goals. I have goals for my family, but nothing surpasses in me trying to accomplish goals for my business, doing things for my family. I must always be about God's business first. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean just wearing a t-shirt, God-driven. It doesn't mean everywhere you go, Jesus is real. It That's phony. It's just being you, being the authentic you. But that's where Motivational Monday comes in. Lord, take what who you created me to be. Show me how to be the correct demonstrator. If there's things in my heart that I don't know that could come to make you embarrassed, wash me like David said, wash my heart. Lord, show me how to love that coworker that's unlovely because in that I'm demonstrating you, that person that I know they have ill good, that best friend that I've been with for 20 years and then she would betray me this way. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the same relationship, but God, how do I love? God, heal me that I'm not bitter, but then God, even in this, show Show me how to demonstrate your love because sometimes I might have cut somebody. Sometimes I might have been a liar. In a past life, I could have been conniving. I could have been an unfaithful friend. Lord, but you were faithful to love me in my unlovable state. So show me how to do it. Y'all, as we go about this year, as Ecclesiastes remind us, nothing is more important. Your six or seven figure income, your three businesses, your traveling the world, your leveling up, whatever it is, as a believer, our goal 
is to win souls for Christ. So that's why this series was so important because I just wanted to remind you that while you're planning, while you're writing your vision, let nothing take more um, presidents over God's work. Okay. And then if you're looking at me as I get ready in, um, I know my time is far spent, but I just want to say I was you. If you're looking at me, you don't know God, you don't know about this love that I'm telling you about. Let me tell you, it's something that you cannot imagine. It's, it's not even, I don't even think I can adequately put it in words, but what I can tell you is it's mind blowing. It's, oh my God, he loves you so much. He gave his only son just for you. And you might in your mind say, but I, I know who I am and I know what I've done and I've had abortions. I've done this. I didn't do that. It don't matter. He loved you. As, as I started out um, reading that first scripture, listen, while you were not even, some of us, we weren't even, well, shoot, all of us, we weren't even born. But the bottom line is, it says he thought of us, y'all. He thought of us that while we were yet sinners, like he didn't wait. It wasn't something we earned. And so I want you to know that God sent his son, Jesus, for you. And so you can receive this gift of salvation. It's the greatest love experience. You think you love your husband. Listen, I love me some Javier. I do. I love my husband. He is my friend. He makes me laugh. But there is no love like this. Javier can't love me like God. That's, it's, a, it's a different type love, y'all. It's when, even when you make mistakes, even when you do things, he don't condemn you. He going to deal with you. It's, it doesn't mean that coming to Christ is easy. It doesn't mean that you do everything right. It doesn't mean that it's a perfect life. No, it's not. It doesn't mean that when you give him your life, oh, now I'm, I'm great. I don't make any mistakes. No, you will make many. But it means that you have somebody that's walking with you. He's enabling you. He's helping you. He and how, who is that person? The Holy Spirit. Because when you give your life to the Lord, he gives you a gift. Not only does he give you the gift of salvation, but he don't leave you to yourself to figure it out. He gives you in John 14, a helper, a helper who is a real person. He speaks, he leads, he guides, he reminds us, he teaches, he's real. And so if you're watching me and you want to understand, you want to know what I'm talking about, I would so encourage you to give your life to the Lord. It will be the best decision you make. How do you do that? You just, number one, you accept him. You accept him in your heart. You say, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I hear Latrice and no, I haven't been living like this, but I recognize that I need someone else to guide my life. I've been doing it. I've been trying to be right. I've been trying to connect all the dots. I've been trying to get fit on my own, but I recognize that I need to focus on you and I need to get in your word and tenaciously stand for what the word of God is saying. And then guess what? You believe because this, listen, even in your natural mind, you're like, this don't make no sense. You got to believe that he is the son of God. And then you, and, and part of accepting him means repenting. What does repent mean? It means to turn. I had to make some changes, but I can't do them all on my own. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. And so when you do that, when you accept him in your heart, you believe he's the son of God. Hey, this is the best part. I say it all the time. It's time to confess. You confess him as your Lord. Tell somebody, message me, text. I'm, well, you don't have my number, but email me. Look, go on my website, www.latricebartley.com. Tell me, let me know. You have so many people out here that are rooting for you. So you got to confess him. Why is that so important? Because the enemy's going to kind of, he mad. 
He like, oh Lord, this girl, this she been on here talking so long, telling them about. He gonna kind of bombard you, girl. You not say, man. You not say. Do you know what you did? You lived this type of life, and you think that quick? Yes, it's that quick. He push us. He he don't listen. I can't even begin to tell you all the stuff I did. But God, he ain't. That's the old Latrice. You become new daily. He begins. That's that get fit process. As you get focused, intentional, and tenacious about Him, He starts changing you from the inside out. And you gonna realize I'm a new person. You gonna start seeing a new you. You find out who you are. You find out His purpose for your life. So I want to encourage you. Give your life to the Lord so that you can experience this love. And when you experience this love, then you're able to demonstrate this love by being an imitator of Christ. I pray something I said. Sorry I was so long, y'all, but this was the end. I was trying to go ahead and end it. Love y'all. Have a wonderful week. See you on Fit Friday. You already know now. Get fit. Get focused, intentional, and tenacious about Christ first and your goals second. Bye.